Hey. Hey, Pops. <laughs> Daddy, you there? Yes, ma'am. How are you this morning? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to the Really Real Podcast with Miss Dove. And I am on the line with my pops, <laughs> Reverend Dove. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just blessed to be here. Good morning. Good morning. So I actually feel like this is like really special because we get to talk most of the time about anything. I think I call my daddy about all kinds of stuff now. Uh, so I want to have a good candid conversation with my dad about where we are in our current relationship with him being my dad slash let's see pastor <laughs> Papa Dove to my dad <laughs> and uh, introduce yourself dad uh, my name's uh, Pastor Archie E. Dove uh, been in the ministry Going on 15 years, um, currently pastoring uh, St. Matthew's Baptist Church, St. Matthew's Missionary Baptist Church in LaGrange, Texas, and uh, been there two years. Um, been in the ministry uh, roughly around 15 years, uh, haven't always been saved, you know, so. Uh, God can do anything. I had a one time. God can change you. He can change anybody. And I understand because um, my, your grandfather, uh, uh, Mr. King, yeah. uh, even at his funeral, um, Knowing our rocky relationship, um, uh, I asked that question, and God says, "If I can change you, why couldn't I change him?" Yeah. And I left going away, being proud that that was my father-in-law. Uh, so I know God. I know what God can do. That's good. That's good. I think, uh, man. I think the day. I called you. I was at Prairie View in college. I know I was at least 24, getting ready to graduate. And I said, what you doing? He said, babe, you're going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what you doing? You said, I'm studying. I'm in school. <laughs> and yeah. we're in the process of minister training. And I was like, say what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think it's just so dope knowing where our relationship is now versus where it used to be and uh i don't even want to harp on the past i'm just grateful that we've come this far and we've actually have uh, a better relationship and we've been able to communicate and i've been able to tell you how i feel and you know you give me your your point of view from you know your perspective as my dad versus you know people tell me stuff and things my mama might express but I didn't hold any of that against you I, I had my own opinion so I think finally hearing from you we got some clarification for ourselves and so 
your ministry ministry walk definitely I think played a major part in how we bond at this current time. Well, well the one thing about relationships, you have to have communication in relationships. There's yeah. no relationship without communication. You got to be able to tell people. And once it, you can't always say what people always say what people want to hear. Yeah. You have to tell them. I, and I found that out even with some of my friends. You have to tell people the truth, whether it hurts or not. And then you let the chips fall where they may. I had a friend. And I knew it was wrong and I didn't speak on it. And uh, I didn't say anything about it. And it came back and it kind of broke up our relationship as being friends. But we've gotten back together. And <laughs> since we've, we've talked to her, I've talked to him about it and things. But when you know, if you've got a friend, even if it's a loved one, and they and they do something and you know it's not right then you need to speak you need to let them know hey that wasn't right, right. and and then if they're really if they really your friend they really your, and you love them and thing they will accept it you know the first thing is is i've learned different ways to say people tell people um they made a mistake the right. one thing is when sometimes when you tell people they're wrong Wrong is such a hard word because people will automatically become defensive. Mm-hmm. I have a mentor that I've been my mentor for the last 20 something years and never have he ever told me I was wrong. He'd always say, well, look at it like this. Uh, try this, you know. That's good. And so it, it's, it's when you go direct. I mean, you can still tell somebody they're wrong and not be direct. Mm-hmm. And things because the one thing is is you don't want you don't want to run nobody away. And the Bible says, "I am my brother's keeper." So you have to hold people accountable, right? And that the only way to do that is you there, Dave? Yeah, yeah. So c- considering where we are now, like. What was your motivation or what inspired you to want to improve or even make the decision, you know, go into ministry? What was the change or the shift for you? Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as I said, I wasn't always saved. Um, I, uh, your brother, your brother was a big part of that because I started to see him walking in my footsteps. Long time, a long time ago, people used to say, "Do as I say, not as I do." Right. Even and that wasn't good then, and it's not good now. Um, when I started seeing your brother try to imitate the thing, one of things I know I had to make a change because I didn't want to see him uh, go to jail, go to the penitentiary. Uh, growing up, I was in and out of jail. Uh, my mama, your your grandma, your mama, everybody spent all that kind of money trying to keep me out of jail and make sure I didn't go to the penitentiary. So, you know, the thing is, um, I didn't want to do that for him. And I thank God with my change that he changed 
that he's seen that they just just hustling on the street. Yeah, I'm proud of both of y'all. Both of y'all, both of my kids are successful. You don't care of business. You have a hair business. Uh, I'm proud of both of y'all, and and really, every parent wants a child to be able to look up to them, and when right. they come, you want they you want them when they go through something. You want them to be able to, do and so. You know, that was one, that was the greatest motivation. Uh, I think we talked when, when I talked uh, to me and my business, and I used to go to church every evening work. And he was so mad. <laughs> he would be so mad that he come and pick him up because he didn't mm-hmm. want to hit there while I was in a meeting. You know, but it works. It works. And I think. Yeah, that's good. I think, uh, like I said, I remember that day walking across campus and I was on the phone with you and then I got to my dorm room and we kept talking. And I remember one of the things you said, baby, it's, it's better now than later. And you said, I, I, I see something. You saw some things that you recognized that you needed to make the adjustment. And I remember the first time I told you, I was like, well, shoot, I wrote a sermon. <laughs> and we got to talking about, you know, different scriptures, stuff like that. And so you said, what you trying to be a minister? I was like, I don't know about all that. But I mean, I be studying. <laughs> I think just the the idea of, you know, there's a lot of people that don't agree with, not necessarily just the Bible, but the practices of, you know, religion or being in church because, you know, there's things that happen to people or that they experience that, you know, made them flee or run from, you know, uh, ministry. And so I think there's ways in which it can either bring people closer or it can either tear people if they're under the wrong. Hey, Papa. Hey, baby. Okay. So, we back. Um, but my question to you when I said, uh, when I last was talking to you uh, for a split second, my question to you was like the guidance or the, you know, the instruction that we're receiving while, you know, going through church. Sometimes the influences can be uh, either push people out of the church or into the church. Who would you say uh, inspired you or motivated you to, you know, continue your walk in, in the ministry? Well, when when the Bible says train up a child in the way it should go and it won't depart when it's old. The one thing is, um, if you train your child early in the youth, adolescent age, then when they get old, they'll know where to go. Um, um my grandfather, uh, grandparents raised me, and my grandfather was a deacon for 52 years. And I thank God for a praying grandmother and and things because they inspired me. So when I got older and 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 I started and God started to open my eyes and stuff, I, I knew where to go. Right. Um 
when I first went back, uh, most kids grow up saying, um, when we were, when I was growing up, we didn't have a choice. Right. Uh, uh, your great grandmother would get up and she say, I'm on my way out the door and you better be in front of me. And on Sundays, we went to church all day. We went to Sunday school, went to 11 o'clock service. We went to three o'clock service. We went to BTU. We went to uh, night service. We only, we got out. We usually got out of church about 8.30, 9 o'clock on a Sunday. So that was all day. We didn't play. We didn't do anything. And so we were drugged to church. Uh, now people ask their kids, baby, you want to go to church with me? And they say, oh, I don't feel like it this morning. And they go on. Right. And they leave their kids. And then, but I thank God when I got ready, when I started going back to church, I always went to church. And I was going from church to church. And I was like, I was looking for something. And then I went back to my home church, uh, which is New Hope Missionary Baptist Church. And the first time I went, I peeked in the door, and I didn't see the pastor. And I was like, okay, what's wrong? Somebody, <laughs> and I left. But I went back the next Sunday, and I just kept going. And the one thing is, you need to be involved. Just don't go to church. Get involved in church. Um, and you have to be careful. People... Um, that have been in church a long time. Um, uh, there's a saying that some are too earth, some are so heavenly bound that they're no earthly good. Sometimes yeah. people in church will run people out of the church. Yeah. They see new people come in, and for instance, a choir member. Uh, this person leads the songs all the time. They lead all the songs and stuff. Then you get somebody else that joins the church come in and they can sing. And then uh, now they leading all the songs. So you get mad. So you start a riff with them to push them out and stuff. I've seen it happen. Uh, people come to church. They sit in the same seat, sit on the same bench. I've even had somebody tell me, uh, don't sit in my seat. <laughs> this ain't your seat. <laughs> this ain't your seat. And uh, we was at a program. And, uh, don't touch my Bible. My mama don't touch my Bible. Lord have mercy. But you know, so people and people that's been in church a long time have a tendency to be territorial, mm -hmm. and and they will um. They will, uh, it don't work unless they do it my way. Uh, and the one thing about it is I learned that they'll tell you we've always done it this way, but they won't tell you they've always done it wrong. Right. You know, so it's it's kind of hard and it's hard. And that's one uh, that me and my pastor, we've talked about how to close the door, how to close the back door, because mm -hmm. people come into church and they'll stay for a little while. And if you, that's like you going to someone's house. If you don't feel welcome, you're not going to go back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you want people to feel welcome when they come in. And the one thing is, is with your greeters with the people in the church. You know, people come into church and they join the church and the thing, and the pastor say, well, 
you have the same rights and privileges as someone that's been here 30 or 40 years, but the people don't treat you like that, <laughs> you know? So, so eventually you'll leave. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, uh, I was just sitting here thinking like how, you know, oftentimes, you know, we, we go to church and try to find the church home, you know, that, you know, you're comfortable with, especially if you're open to serving. Some people are going just to find their way to get that word. The, the way in which you do ministry, what was it that kind of like gave you your flow as to how should I do this? How am I supposed to do this? Like, what was your structure or your, I guess, did Pastor Jones play a part in, you know, how you kind of built your foundation? Um, most, most members and associate pastors are, are a product of their past. Uh-huh. Um, if you go because um, Pastor Jones did play a big part in in how I do things because that's who taught me. That's who who I learned from. And the one thing about it is um, when when I was doing it, um, we talked about school at first. I uh, was already had been studying with him for about five years, even before I started going to school. Right. And so I knew, I know when you see most members are associate pastors or preachers, you see the pastor. You can tell almost by who that person's pastor is by the way they conduct themselves. Right. That's good. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I find it interesting because when people ask me about like my upbringing and, you know, I kind of just be like, oh, it's a little shaky, but I think we've all had some stuff, you know, some, some different things that our, our parents all are, um, Nobody really just had an idea on how to be a parent, but being that where we are now, it's it's like we have this parent slash, uh, I don't even want to say sibling, but we have like a, a very good friendship to the point where I could, I feel like I could call my dad to talk to him about almost anything. Um, what do you think is the, the guide to helping you I guess work on that relationship with me as well as being a grandfather to your grandkids and jazz one uh you have to be a praying parent yeah um prayer does prayer um builds your relationship and where some things that you um, wouldn't do otherwise, God, um, years ago, um, they were giving out wristbands. What would God do? What would Jesus do? Yeah. So if you think, if you go work on that level, what would Jesus do? The one thing about it is the Bible commands us to love one another. Mm-hmm. And it said, love, love one. Love, 
love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. First of all, if you love yourself, you're not going to hurt yourself. Right. So that says, if you, if I love you, I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything to hurt you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do all I can. And then, then, so you work from there. And the one thing about it is, is you have to be honest with it and you have to tell them when something is wrong, you got to let them know. Um, as far as me and you, mm -hmm. um, we've cried a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've cried together, probably cried a away from each other. I know I've said some things that you didn't agree with and things you said some things I didn't agree with. But the one thing that always kept us is we kept coming back. Yeah. We kept working on it. And if you look, everybody, there's some dysfunctionality in every family. Yeah. And and if you look in the Bible, that was some dysfunctionality in uh look at Joseph. Uh uh Jesse's kids. They I mean um Jacob's kids. They sold their brother into slavery. That's some dysfunction, even in the Bible. Go all the way through the Bible. That was some dysfunction with Abraham's family, you know. So you look at it and you see it, but they still worked through it. They still was together. And the one thing about family is that's all you have. You can choose a lot. Of, you can choose to be or do or be a part of a lot of things. The one thing you can't choose is your family. Yeah. I think what you said when we when you talk about like the, the part of the sharing our emotions and crying, I think uh like you got me teared up now because I just think like, man, you know, I used to look for you as a kid, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Like I'll call you like, yeah, baby, what's up? <laughs> or what do you always tell me? What a what a what a what a what a Oh, they gotta be Papa Archie. I just started laughing. I'm like, yeah. So she be surprised sometimes when we talk about like, you know, she'll hear me talk to you. She'll go, like, for real, that happened? <laughs> and so I think that's how it was even with some of the other grandkids when we used to talk about grandpa. You know, they were like, right. what? And I was like, everybody has a past, but it just be shocking because kids often forget too. We were young, you know. Right. Um, so Jasmine is surprised plenty of times, but I tell her, I was like, man, I said, <laughs> I know this was funny, but you remember the day you said uh, you were coming to see her after I got out the hospital with her mm -hmm. and you was like, you walked in and you didn't even tell me you cut your hair off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Laughing, but I remember you saying, well, baby, it was time for a change and the change yeah. And you was like, look what I got in my hands. And I just, it makes me think of like the small transitions in our relationship because that was probably oh, yeah. a year or two after you told me you were doing ministry. So if Jasmine is 14, that's why I said that, like, that's really special to me because I remember <laughs> you having the curl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had the Jerry curl. And, but the one thing yeah, is, when I got into ministry, I wanted it to be about God and not me. Yeah. I didn't want to be one of those flamboyant preachers yeah. standing up there and everybody's looking at me and, and how I'm dressed, my curl and stuff. 
Now I do still. <laughs> I wish I could grow my hair back. It, it, it seemed like it started growing and then it started bothering me, so I had to go get a haircut. But um, it was that was crazy. I remember the first time I went to get my hair cut. Uh, the guy that did my hair, he'd been doing my hair for 30 years, and I said, cut it off. He said, huh? <laughs> I said, cut it off. And he wouldn't cut it. He only cut it a little bit. He only clipped it. So uh, I literally had to go to another barber to get my hair cut. Mm. You know, and uh, and things. And uh, anything, you know, the... I, I thank God for where we are now. That we can we can talk about anything, um, as opposed to where we came from. And I know one thing: God changes things, and we are uh, able to uh, able to talk and things and. When, when I look back, back over my life, life, is that some things I wish I could have changed? Yes. Uh, but because I can't change them, I can't go back and change them. I want to move forward. I want to, I want to have the best life that I could possibly have, not only with you, but with my uh, other son, with my son, with my grandkids. I want to have the best life. Um, your nephew, you know, I spend more time with him. Out of nine grandkids, I spend more time with Little Tree than I do with any of them because they're far away from me. But right. um, and I spend as much time with him as I possibly can. But and and I thank God that I'm where not only can I talk to you or your brother, but I can talk to the kids, the grandkids. I can yeah. tell them and and show them. Um, you know, he went to LBJ, my old alma mater. So uh, and the first time he got in trouble at school, I walked in and everybody knew me. It was like, oh, half of the three or four teachers there, uh, his teachers were church members with me. So when he do something or he did something, they would automatically call me. Um, this one lady, Sister Ibram. Uh, he was in her class. She called. She didn't know who he was. And when she figured out who he was, she called me. And he wasn't actually in trouble that day, but she was trying to make it like he was doing something. And um, so then she put him on the phone. He said, Papa, bring me, bring me some lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so I take him some lunch. She said, I called to get him in trouble. And here you are bringing him lunch. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the one thing is you make mistakes but you try to fix those you try to do it with the next generation yeah you know and things and and it's it's i i i applaud uh have some wonderful grandkids they're all on the right track and i try to be and i check with them i check with them all the time i check with them make sure they all right they doing all right you know um the one thing is um we don't want history to repeat itself we want it to be better um i always listen you said 
how you want things to be better for for Jazzy, how things you want to be better for the next generation. Well, we have to put some time in. That means you have to put some work in. That means you have to communicate with those kids. You have to spend some time with them. Um, when when um, people get into relationships, people that get in relationships with kids, you can't just date that mother or that father and they have kids. You have to also date those children. That means you have to spend some time with those kids. You have yeah. to spend some time with that with that mom and those kids. Spend some time and look what you you even spend time without the uh, the the mother or the father. You spend some time with them, just talking with them, you know, so that you that y'all have a relationship. Because if you don't, it is it's going to be hard on the marriage. It's eventually a come a time. When somebody says, don't be calling my kids what to do. No, 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 no. <laughs> they are kids. Yeah. So you have to you have to um, have that relationship and you have to spend time. You date them parents, you date the child children also. Yeah. So I have a good question for you. So sure. what would you tell the younger version of Archie Dub? And what would you tell <laughs> them about your old self? What would I tell them about myself? Yeah, your 20-year-old self. Oh, man. Uh, stop that. <laughs> 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 I would. <laughs> uh, because I look back. Now, that's the one thing. I don't have any regrets, but I look back over my life and I say, you did that? <laughs> uh, you know, me and your uncle were like two peas in a pot. And yeah. we talk. We talk and and uh, we talk and I'm like, man, we did some crazy stuff. I'm, I'm <laughs> some crazy stuff. We and, and no, and it was crazy because Nobody really knew I had a brother. And so for us to be together, when we were together, when we were together and and we terrorized, <laughs> we didn't allow anybody to uh, to mistreat our sisters. Uh, our, our mom, anybody. Uh, you had us to deal with. And and things, and uh, we was the protector. Uh, um, I have gotten some really good things from my siblings because um, all our fathers had passed. So not only was I the big brother, I was also the father figure. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, my brother, even though we we're only two years apart, he was following me. So it was really important for me to change, you know, so that we, he did not go down the same road that I went down. He didn't have to go through the same things. Yeah. That's cool. I think uh, growing up, because let's see, I think my mama, I think I was like late 
twenties, mid twenties when y'all had me? Because I think y'all are about oh yeah. I, I was twenty six. Twenty six, yeah. So I think uh, I mean, and your mom was about twenty two. Twenty two, twenty three, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, during that time, everybody like grew up in the same neighborhood, and I laughed because my grandma Betty I always talk about how she hung out in the same on the same block as your mom. They were that y'all lived down they, the street. <laughs> they grew up together. Yeah. Uh, they was uh my mom used to call they used to call uh Grandma Betty, uh your grandma Betty, uh little Betty. She okay. was always little. That I maybe that's why you took your size after. <laughs> yeah. But they always called her little Betty. And um, didn't realize it, but I had been knowing Mother Robbie. Um, I knew Mother Robbie, your great grandmother, uh, before uh, I knew your mom, your mom. Mm-hmm. And because, and my grandmother knew Mother Robbie, and they grew up together. They didn't grow up together, but they knew each other. And when we, when she would go out of town to go to church, uh, and things, Mother Robbie would babysit us. Mm. So I, I didn't realize it. And when you know, after you know, time, you go back and you think, oh, I've been knowing her. Um, uh, I was reading something the other day. If you download a dial, uh, a ringtone on your phone, a new ringtone, and it seems like when you first down, be you never notice that ringtone until you download it. Same way if you go buy a car, you never notice that car until you get it. And then when you get it, it seems like every time you turn around, you see somebody in a car just like that. Yeah. Or every time you hear that ringtone, what it is is it wasn't important to you, so you never noticed it. Yeah. And you know, Mother Robbie was a big part of our life. So I never noticed it, but when I think about it, I see it. Okay. Golly, Mother Robbie's been around a long time. She was a long time. And uh she used to keep us and and things. She used to keep me and my older sister and stuff. So we were um I thought about that. And you know that we stayed with Mother Robbie, me, your mom and you. And your brother, we stayed with Mama, Mother Robbie for a while and stuff. And uh, she was very protective of us, you know, and things. Wow. Got us go, go down memory, right? memory light a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, like I, I think you said it earlier, we all have a story, we all have a past, and I think the opportunity right. when it presents itself to make the change or the shift, uh, it's imperative that we heed to it. And when you make mention of me and my brother doing better for ourselves and trying to do better for our children, definitely want to change the idea that just because it happened in the past is what's going to be continuous. People tend to believe that those things are facts. When really... Those are just experiences that could either give you a probability of a 50-50. You know, when they say you've got a choice between right or wrong, left or mm-hmm. right, up or down, it's you choose, you decide. So if you want to wallow in the, oh, whoa, that's what we all know, 
that it doesn't have to be that way. Um, well, yeah. You know, the one thing about it is, is God gives us all free choice. Yeah. Free will. Mm-hmm. He gives us a choice uh, to decide what we want to do. Watch. The one thing is, is uh, I think prayer should right at the end of at the end of high school for me in round seventy four. They started talking about peer pressure. When you get to the point, when you get to the age to where you don't want parents say. You shouldn't do what somebody else your age say do. You know, um, I thank God that even even in all my while growing up, I still had that sense. It was always something pulling me the other way. It was always something pulling me the other way. Even um, with my friends that I was hanging out with, um, it was like, okay, they finna mess up. It's time to go. Okay, I got you. I would leave. I, I would just walk. I would just ease off and uh, go on, go home and stuff. So that way, and that kept me out of a lot of trouble. One, I knew it was wrong. I knew, I mean, it ain't like all of a sudden. I just, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. And I thank God for having that sense because it kept me out of the penitentiary, you know, um, not that I probably shouldn't have went, but it kept me out of the penitentiary always. Um, God would just, I, I said it was God because it, that's the only person it could have been. He would just say, uh-uh, come on, let's go. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah. What's that wake up call? Yeah, you caught yourself sleeping. He said, "All right, you gonna end up sleeping too hard and fall yeah. off." Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm actually grateful, very grateful, uh, because over the past, well, definitely over the last two years, I've shared more stuff with you than I've ever shared with anybody, and I think. Uh, one of the current situations I have, I don't really speak on too much, but only a, a handful of people probably know. You know, I told you recently about his passing, and I actually made mention of it to my therapist, and she laughed at me for laughing. But I remember mm-hmm. just certain situations, as dark as they may seem, that over time having the conversations with you about certain things like that. And I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm kind yeah. of not ready to dive into that just yet. I think I have to prepare myself to share that story. Um, we recognized how important our relationship was and is to transforming into transforming my mind and my spirit into feeling like I I have if I didn't feel I had the support there out of fear. I know now that I have the support now to work through it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I could be angry with you about, but I refuse because I feel like as parents, you know, I heard, I used to hear my mama say this all the time, being a parent doesn't come with instructions and I didn't get it. It does. That's right. Hey, until you became a parent. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm dealing with a 14-year-old. <laughs> and well, so I'm going to be grateful because I learned a lot now listening to you over the last few years, especially, you know, you were very supportive of just talking me through my marriage stuff, the divorce stuff, the parenting, the co-parenting with my daughter's dad, the uh, my spiritual walk, just life in general, that we actually realized what we didn't have, we are fixing. It is possible right. to fix it, even though, you know, people are like, well, you weren't... It's 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 nothing that we can change about it. So where we are now, it's imperative that we remember that we've come this far because we've addressed those things. If you harper on the past, yeah, you'll stay in the past, right? So you have a choice. Where do I go from here? Uh -huh. And the best thing to do is to move forward. Don't yeah. stay. Let that go. Oh, that is the past. That's all it is. It's the past. You can't change it. It's written. Right. But if you choose to move forward, how do you choose to move forward? Yeah. One thing is, is you're going to, um, I tell people at the church that forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. And yeah. I know for, I know for a fact, because um, when you hop on the past and you keep and you keep bringing it up, you keep rehashing it over and over. It does not only does it it just opens the wound and it's like pouring salt off in that wound. You ever got salt off in there? You know that hurts. So yeah, the thing is, is to forgive. I'm not saying you have to forget, but if you forgive, then you can go ahead. You can move forward. Right. I've seen it, it uh, where I, my life it seemed like I was stuck in, in a mode I was stuck in one place but then after I had forgive and let go mm -hmm. everything started to happen yeah. things started to happen things started to change the relationship started to change Stop worrying about what, what happened last year right. and focus on what you're trying to do this year. That's good. Yeah. That's 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 real. <laughs> that's real. That's real. That's that's so true. Uh and I think sometimes too, some people hold on to things because of the fear of the change. The fear of the unknown, like okay, I'm I'm used to that. So people find comfort in trying to find things that are similar, not recognizing that if it didn't work, then that's not where you're supposed to be. That's not what was supposed to be happening for you. So yeah, that's good. That's you know, the one thing is, people are like season. Sometimes people come in your life, y'all like season. You know, they always say, if you don't like the weather in Texas, stick around, it'll change. Some days we go through two or three seasons at a time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people only come in your life for a season. That season might be a year. It might be two years. It might be three years. It might be six months. Or it might be 20 years. Yeah. 
but it's only for a season. So you got to know when the season is over. Yeah. And when the season is over, instead of trying to hold on, you got to let go. Because trust me, if God is taking something from you, he's getting ready to give you something better. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that that time you actually telling me about a sermon you preached about. And I'm thinking about around the time the house fires, the bastard fires, right? You remember mm -hmm. you told me what you just said made me think of this sermon that you spoke on about having your hands closed fist. You said, mm -hmm. how can I receive my next blessing if I'm holding my hands closed to not receive yeah. what I'm supposed to get? That's right. What it is, you're trying to hold on to everything that you already have. You're scared to, you're scared to lose. You don't want to lose anything you have. So you're holding on to it. But the only way for you to take, only way for you to receive to open your hand right when i tell the story about the bastrop fire i tell people don't feel sorry for me they say oh don't feel sorry for me i'm blessed that was god's way of blessing me that was where god taking something and giving me something else uh you knew the trailer that i had yeah uh you knew that it, it, it looked bad outside, but on the inside, it looked good. Yeah. But what God <laughs> did is he took that trailer, gave me a brand new house, no payments, <laughs> everything. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So all the cars, the boats, trailers, all that stuff burned up. Now I got more stuff now than I ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember being at work, getting them phone calls. You know where your daddy at? I was like, nah. <laughs> What's going on? And, you know, I couldn't watch TV at work. I couldn't have my phone, but I snuck and had my phone that day. Yeah. So that's the only way I knew until you finally called me the next, that night. And you say, like, I'm okay. I'll call you in the morning. Yeah. But, yeah, those those are the things where I say I appreciate. I think for me, that was around the time um, because, of course, Jazz was born by then. I think Jazz was about two or three. No, she was about to be four. And I just remember just, you know, thinking to myself, like, things change so quickly. Do we appreciate what we really have? And so we talked about that sermon some months later. Uh, that has been something that stuck with me for the longest. How do you receive anything with closed fists? You're so busy holding on to things. <laughs> mm -hmm. Things that you really don't need to be hanging. It's like you. It's okay, but in order to receive new things, you got to get rid of some things. And some things are taken from you to recognize that you're being blessed on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's real. So yeah, I, I remember that sermon. I always remember that because, of course, it, it has a, a big marker. You know, the, the bash our fire. Mm -hmm. Can't forget that. Can't forget that. So yeah. I'm actually pleased. I'm, I'm grateful to have you on, on this uh, pod today. And I, I'm more than pleased to know that, you know, we've, we've made progress in our relationship. I think the last thing I want to ask you, um, what is a... Give me your idea or your feelings about what you would want for your next generation, your legacy, for your children, your grandchildren, and beyond.
think about it. <laughs> um, the one thing I'm trying to do now is to do more for other people. And what I mean by that is God has truly blessed me and he's still blessing me. And sometimes it ain't about how much he blesses you with. It's what you do with the blessing. Yeah. And God does not bless you just to bless you. He bless you so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. Yeah. I was reading something to other the other day, and it says that we need to start paying it forward. The one thing other people do is they'll find somebody in the in their family or in their community, and they will help them with an education to um to achieve their goals so that they can come back to the neighborhood and help that neighborhood. I wish people, I wish we'd stop saying that people have taken something from you uh, because nobody can take anything from you uh, unless you give it to them. So uh, I would love to see us um, not only gain financial wealth, but gain wealth and knowledge, continue to go to school, continue to get an education. Yeah. Um, I stay on your nephew all the time, all of them, about pull up your pants, look like somebody. Don't, don't stop walking around like that, you know? And so I want them to grow up and this world is being is becoming more divided. You have crazy people that study coming up with all these different theories um, and stuff and things. Racial theory, racism is is alive and well in America. Yeah. I've been been all over the country, and I had to come home. Your brother was about six months old. And we stopped in Columbus, Texas to get a room because we had a flat and a rental car. And this little girl was pleading with somebody on the other end of the line to uh, let us rent a room. And whoever was on the other end of that line said no. She said, but he he's a young man, young black man, and he's got a wife and they got a baby. And whoever was on that phone said no. So we had to limp down the road for about five or six miles to her auntie's motel to get a room. It's alive and well, but you can't let that hold you back. Right. I thank God for our ancestors. I thank God for the shoulders that we stood on. But now we need to stand on. If, if our kids can't stand on our shoulders, who are they going to stand on? The ancestors are gone, so it's time for us to to stand up and to move forward. We need to learn how to create our own wealth. Yeah, our own wealth. Um, start our own businesses. Uh, start uh, 
start our own companies and stuff and learn how, if you go back and you look at uh, uh, George Carver, he, I was reading something in a Bible study one day. He had over 300 patents for just the peanut. Things like that. I look at you. You got a degree in one area and you change and thing. You have to be you have to be open to change. Yeah. You got to be open to change. So you have to, you know, and then don't worry about it. Well, it's all right to fall. It's all right to fail. Just don't stay there. Get up. Yeah. That's true. That's good. Well, I'm glad to have had this conversation with you. And I know this won't be the last. I know we'll touch bases again here and talk about some other things. But um, I am glad to have you as my dad, the pastor, the reverend, Archie Dove. And uh, I know we're proud of your progress and your decision to improve your life and to begin the work to change and improve the relationships with your family and your kids and the people you come in contact with. So. I just want to say thank you again for being on the air with me, and we will talk later. All right. Thank you. Y'all have a great evening, and uh, love being here with you. Love you. All right. Love you too, Dave. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.